ants. Somebody made the thanks ants. I say thanks a lot. But it was like, he said thanks and then some other thing. And then I looked at him. We both said it at the same yes. time. And it was like, <gasps> I occasionally do that and nobody gets it. They're just yeah. like, like, thanks, Elliot. Elliot. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> oh, dear. Hello, and welcome to Hey Brew. Uh, this is the first of what we're calling our limited release episodes. Uh, I'm Mike. And I'm Elliot. And we're doing things a little bit differently for these ones. Uh, so we we are doing our first one of these today on Halloween, which is today, given that you're hearing this on Halloween, which is yes. when we're putting it out. Welcome to the spooky season, people. Let's get amongst it. Yeah. Um, so the the I guess the idea with these limited release episodes is we can put them out on things like holidays and make them, you know, they'll be off schedule for us, but we can still put them out and have them be a little more special. We did have a special guest lined up for this one today, but unfortunately Paul went out for the homie Ben. Uh, he fell violently ill overnight and was not able to make it. I really hope you're going to say he fell victim to a witch's curse. Uh, in a sense, yes. He Pref- fell into a portal, which he was opening with some friends. Yeah. He opened that portal with some tainted food, it sounds like. And then that portal found its way to his mouth and everything came out again. Okay, in my head, I was about to say the portal <laughs> in this case is his butt and all the stuff coming out of it. And then well, you said, hit that portal, found its way to his mouth. I was like, oh no. He was burning the candle at both ends. Oh no. Uh, anyway, so as far, as far as the show itself goes, we're going to stick with our usual format. It's just, I'm running the intro. Just quickly, did yeah. you mention the name of the show? Yeah, okay. right at the start. I said, welcome to Hey Bro. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Did you do the bit about what the show's about? No. Okay. I was going to get that to na- get to that now. All right. Um, yeah. So the, the show will be pretty much the same thing. Uh, we are bringing a beer and we're telling a story, mm. uh, which is what we're about here. Hell yeah. Like I said, I don't usually do this. So it's all It's backwards. all new. It's exciting. It's all backwards. I'm into it. And um, I'd also like to add, for the first time ever, we're dressed. Yes. Uh, uh, dressed up, sorry. Yes. Um, for we, the Halloween season. We thought for the, uh, yeah, for the, for the special episodes, we might try and be in costume or... Do something a little interesting. But it's, here it, we are. I got to say, it's mildly irritating that we decided to record today on our normal day, when realistically, it would have been quite good if we'd been able to record at night, first of all, yeah. and by candlelight. Yes, but, but we also have schedules outside of this that yeah. we need to keep. It's just not too spooky when you look outside and it's just a bit overcast. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a little... Global warming's pretty scary, though. Yes, So it maybe, is. you know. Um, so... With all of that said, um, you're going to go first. You've got a beer and a story. I've got a beer and a story. Mm. Uh, but I think we're dealing with like a 9% and a 12% beer. So by the end, mm. we're going to be dead. Mm. Um, but it's a spooky season. So here we are. Yeah. Uh, I guess if you're only listening to this and we don't end up doing anything with the video, I'm literally wearing a Grim Reaper's robe and you're dressed as Han Solo. Yes. I don't know how I... that's spooky you're not covered in blood or anything no it's just a halloween costume that i have yeah i don't have any other halloween costumes you should do han solo at his son's funeral that would be a good costume uh, han solo uh, spoilers for like a four-year-old movie <laughs> after his son kills him yeah um at his own funeral well my only other costume ghost that I- han solo <laughs> false ghost um my only other costume that I, it was in my wardrobe uh, was the beginnings of my tunnel snakes costume and oh, i was yes. like that's not spooky either zombie tunnel snakes we should get into these beers what right. do you say yeah this is this is pre-beer <laughs> nonsense christ yeah. um just quickly any interesting beer news of late no no i haven't been anywhere <laughs> oh i'm gonna do no beer november 
That's interesting. And I'm I, the only dinosaurs I'm going to be drinking are on the pod. Yep. And I'm going to be still be drinking, but anytime I drink beer on the pod. Mm-hmm. And also you and I are going to brew a beer potentially over the weekend of uh, the Melbourne Cup. Yes. Um. So obviously I'll drink that. I feel like two times in a month is a drastic reduction. Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to drink. I'm going to drink like gin and stuff like that and yeah. vodka just to try and, try and tread for stereo. Yes. Stereo is cancelled, isn't it? It's been cancelled for years. Yeah. <laughs> I love that that's still... Yeah. We need to get into this beer. All we right. are losing track as it is. All right. So, okay. So Spirit's going first. Yep. Um, into the beer. Let's do it. We have got with us today from Central State Brewing, uh, Dad Bod, crafted in Indianapolis, Indiana. Shout out to Indiana U, my college football team, and also Kate, if you listen. Also John, who uh, is also an IU fan. Okay. Um, oh, actually, it, I would be remiss if at some point during the episode, I didn't also say shout out to friend of the show because he complained so goddamn much that he's not had a shout out in 15 episodes well, he hasn't done anything to warrant one. he's not in fact you know what bleep his name <laughs> <laughs> he'll know it's him no i like the ambiguity okay. <laughs> all right so we've got a double dry hopped double oat double india pale ale with lactose i don't know what i was thinking You're just doubling up on everything yeah very much so so this is a Oat double IPA with lactose. It's going to be like a sweet, chocolatey, kind of like, um, I don't know, kind of mad, viscous affair. And I thought it was sounded like quite a treat. Mm. Um, and I think it works because I'm going to be talking about the origins of Halloween and trick-or-treating. Excellent. So, um, you know I love cans. Yeah. Let's get around it. Oh, yeah. Delightful. Not a drop spilled. No, this is the first time we've had a can in a while and not thrown beer everywhere <laughs> upon opening. Which i got to say, an improvement. Yep. I've just realized there's quite a lot of beer here. Oh, God, we're going to be so battered after this. Yeah. I'm just topping up from Friday and Saturday. Okay. I, to be honest with you, I'm I disappointed the, the lack of head. I tried. I tried. I meant on both of us, to be honest. It wasn't, no, well. wasn't an accusation. Although, now that you say it. All right. Cheers. Down the hatch. Mm. Mm. Okay, so this is going to be a bit beer wankery, and I apologize, but it's pretty rare to have oats be a part of a beer like this. Normally, they're in yeah. stout. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah, because they've, they've gone double oat. Yeah, because it gives it that like um, thick mouthfeel, like smoothness and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this having the lactose in it as well, it gives it that kind of like... yeah creaminess in the mouth this, anyway honestly it's feeling more like a nipa mm. which we've done in the past new england ipa it's usually got kind of a sweeter fruitier flavor mm. so for this to be what it is and to taste like that is a little surprising yeah very pleasant yeah it's it's nice it's a little deserty it's yeah. got like quite it do- a fruity overtones it doesn't taste like it's nine percent no it really doesn't um and quite frankly um i'm okay with that because it's sliding down really well mm. um so it's 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 quite a treat yeah you might say and i guess the trick was hiding that nine percent yeah and the oats <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I got nothing else to go with fair that. enough but no i don't really enjoying that yeah. a little bit fruity um it's a nice like haziness to it i can't i can't see through it at all like which mm. i you know doesn't really mean anything but i like that sort of thing yeah um yeah it's, it's really yeah it tastes very sessionable yeah i think like my in the last few weeks, I've gone on a real kick of either stuff like this, like hazy sort of New England IPA style, or that 
really clean IPA with a really strong hop flavor, mm. like West West Coast sort of style. Yeah. Um, I've just, I don't know. I've just been like fiending for that flavor. Yeah. And I've just gone out of my way to source it. Um, damn good. So this is fitting right in there. Yeah. I'm, I, I, my only concern is that now I'm drinking it because literally we were on the lookout for something that's kind of like sweet and delicious. And I was like, well, oh, this sounds good. We, because we started it's- looking for spooky themed beers and that proved harder to find than we thought. And- or, or, or a lot more expensive. Well, yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, um, double oat, double lactose. It's going to be like kind of cakey. It's like, I didn't want to look at any of the rest of the things in it. Yeah. I feel like this doesn't tie into the theme at all, but it's delicious, so I'm okay with it. It's it's a trick and a treat, as we mentioned. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll go with that. Super tangentially, yeah. like more than ever before, we're going to be talking about Halloween. Halloween. Which is not tangential to the season, but tangential to the beer. But I'm going to talk about Halloween, and we're going to talking about some of the traditions and where some of them come from, and also a little bit about... Um, uh, about some of the fun things people do at Halloween and where what we can get involved in. Okay. So uh, there's a massive misconception that what we consider as Halloween and the traditions around it is a really American thing. Mm. And I think that's because people see it on American movies and they well, see yeah. people trick-or-treat and stuff I think like. just American media is so prevalent in Western civilization. Yeah, absolutely. You can't help but think They've that. taken our culture, slightly ruined it, and then just put it everywhere, which has actually been mildly convenient that I can go to just about any country in the world and people understand me when I yell, oi, do you do chips? Yeah, um, you can go to a McDonald's and you can watch Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> Why that? That was my experience uh, the one time I went to Amsterdam, sitting in a hotel watching Malcolm in the Middle, and they had it with English audio and Dutch subtitles. So How old were you? Uh, what was it? I would have been like, early 20s okay so you went to amsterdam capital of essentially vice in europe yeah and you were like gonna check out dutch malcolm in the middle this was after wait wait malcolm in the middle yes this was after i'd visited one of the uh quote unquote coffee shops oh i really thought you were gonna say red light districts i mean i walked through there to get to the coffee shops i didn't didn't stop because it was the middle of the day and it's not for me like blinkers on like (laughs) don't stop michael (laughs) um halloween (laughs) Your mum doesn't listen to this, I presume. Uh, I don't know. Sure hope not. Um, hi, Mrs. Jeffcott, mm. just in case. Yep. Let's keep going. All right. So so everyone kind of assumes it's a big American thing, but bullshit, say I. And, okay. And history. I'll stamp my bullshit stamp here. Yeah. So Halloween actually predates Christianity. Yes. It's, it's an old as um, thing, but the modern sort of interpretation of it is that it's a precursor to the Christian holiday. Um all Saints Day. Yeah. Um, all it's like Saints a Day. harvest festival as well Well, in some parts of the world. Um, what I would say is shut up and stop stealing my content. Um, okay. <laughs> I was asking. I was setting you up. Well, Michael, I'm... Yes, and. Uh, yes, uh, and. No, uh, scroll back uh, up. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Um, no, so, so the All Saints Day, the other name for it is All Hallows Day. Mm. So All Hallows Eve it became yes. Halloween, and that's yes. how the contraction happened. That's the linguistics fun for you. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, All Hallows Day was the All Saints Day. And it's widely believed, realistically, to originate from Gaelic harvest festivals. Nailed it. Um, and so Celtic, Hol- Celtic, Har- oh. Celtic Holiday. Celtic Harvest oh. Festivals. Okay. Um, specifically, the Gaelic Festival, um, which is pronounced Sawin, But you might have seen it written as Samhain. Yes. Yeah. So yes. it's Sawin. Um and if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, to any Gaelic speakers, sorry. Or Gaelic? Gaelic. I forget which one's which. Gaelic is Scottish, I think. Okay. 
Spelt the same, pronounced differently, different languages. Very irritating. Welcome to words. <laughs> Welcome to Europe around the turn of the... Century. Millennium, first millennium. <laughs> the turn of the millennia. Mm. Um, so Samhain was considered to be one of the actual really important festivals in the calendar. And a lot, so much so that there's actually a lot of mythology that just ties into it just because it's it was such a significant date. Mm. Um a lot of Irish mythology was and it, folklore. Was it always around sort of end of October? Yes. Okay. Um, so actually it was always like the last day of what they considered right. to be October. Mm. Um, and um, a lot of the important events in Irish mythology actually take place on or around that day because it was such a, an important day, both socially, mm-hmm. but also, um, so from a practical standpoint, basically the reason they chose this one, it was that when much of the livestock was brought down from the summer pastures. Mm. Um, but then also it's when they would have a big festival to slaughter a lot of it. Right. Um, so that they could create provisions and food for winter. Hmm. Um, so basically they had that one. And then at the opposite end of the, the year, they celebrated uh, Bellatane uh, or Biltane. I don't know how to pronounce that one, which was on uh, the big day, May 1st. Yep. That's my birthday. You yep. look really blankly at me now. Well, um, you just pointed two thumbs at yourself. So I figured it was that. <laughs> the big day, May 1st. Oh, your birthday. No, I'm just a nope. real big fan. No, I just, yep. Um, I'm a fan of May, and that's when it starts. Yeah. Uh, but that coincides with the Christian festival, the Feast of Walpurgis Night, which oh, is... Oh, I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah. So in, but not often. <laughs> so, well, so in Germany, Walpurgis Night is when the witches meet on the Brocken Mountain and hold revels with the devil. Yeah, I'm familiar. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but, but, but it's like a big... It's another saint's night, and then the mm. night before, it's like the eve of the 1st of May is considered to be like the spooky... Spring festival, basically. Oh. Um, so these are liminal times. They are the times... Um, uh, actually, no, I'll go into that in a little bit later. Okay. Um, but yeah, these are the two spooky days that are in the Christian calendar, which have just been basically nicked from pagan ritual. Yeah. Yeah, like most of it. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of uh, Western Christian traditions seem to have been stolen from pagans. Yeah, yeah. And and the the reason that a lot of these are considered to be spooky... Um, is that um, Sarwan was the time, Sarwan and, and um, uh, Bill Tyne were, they, were the two parts of the year when the uh, the veil between worlds was its thinnest. Ah, yes. Yes. So that's when it was easier for spirits and fairies to cross over into our world. I know you were around back then. I find it very offensive for you to call me a fairy, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Woohoo! Hey! Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for the season, we decided that all laughter on the podcast <laughs> had to be performed like the Count from Sesame Street. Yes, one beer. Ah, 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 ah. 9%. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Spirits and fairies, go on. Yeah. Um, so these um, fairies and spirits, or as they're known as in my amazing and Irish pronunciation, why do I do this to myself? I week in, week out. Yeah. Uh, Ish, uh, ish, uh, ish, okay, so the the spelling is A-O-S-S-I with an accent. Yeah, I got... Ishi. I don't know her. No, I'm telling you, that's, oh. it's, it's quite a language. Yeah. That's some language you got there. You talk like that all the time, huh? Um, that's the bell for the Simpsons reference. I don't know. Um, so, the, the, yeah, the, those um, spirits and fairies are considered to be... 
um, so they were considered to be the lesser gods of the um, ancient local religions that had remained sort of active in people's sort of imagination, the collective imagination and the uh, just right in society. They're, they're these... not like celebrated in any church or anything. No, that they're was it. Sort of local mythology. Yeah, those religions yeah. have basically died out, but the ideas behind these things still remained because they were very so pervasive. Right. And that long after they've been re- officially replaced by modern gods and new religions, these things were still not worshipped, but right. believed in. Okay, it's it's kind of interesting, really. Yeah. I'm sure there's someone that could talk more about that. But there's probably someone who's written a PhD on that very topic. Well, as it happens, Michael, my new book is out. Um, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm sure there is. Um, and the Ishi were... Um, I'm really sorry if I'm fucking screwing that up, so I apologize to the Irish. The Ishi were feared and revered by people, and um, they'd be left offerings and um, basically like tithes to ensure that their patronage would be available for a good harvest mm-hmm. and that the livestock would survive the winter. So pretty common kind of thing that um, yeah. around the world, that kind of like, you know offer up to a deity a deity of some kind for a successful winter yeah especially when you know the majority of people were contributing to like hunting and gathering oh it's kind of how you get by yeah yeah, absolutely so yeah anything you can do to secure that try it yeah yeah absolutely right yeah whereas uh yeah here in australia with the drought what are we offering thoughts and prayers doesn't Uh, doesn't seem to be working no tax cuts to billionaires i think because they're the ones that are going to pay for fixing it that's of right, course. folks. Welcome to Hey Brew, the hot take political podcast. Yeah. Specifically about Australian <laughs> infrastructure <laughs> spending and taxation. Um, yeah, so so during the night of uh, Sarwan, the veil between worlds being so thin, the souls of the dead were also supposed to revisit their homes and their families. Mm-hmm. So the departed family, the departed family members would come and back and visit the family. And often dinner places were set for the dead and fires lit to warm them on their return. So you'd leave a space at dinner for the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, traditional activities around the night um, include something called guising or souling. And that's what we now know as trick-or-treating. Yeah, I was going to say, when I was doing my own research for the stuff we're going to talk about later, the fra- like the term guising came up. Mm. And I just assumed that was like disguising, like putting on costumes. You're absolutely right, yeah. yeah. Spot on. Um, what was really fun was when I was looking at the um, not Wikipedia article for it, the photo they'd chosen was just from some kid in the 1970s in like Memphis going door to door as a skeleton. And it's one of those really wanky like 70s costumes. Oh, okay. So it was like really cheap. So it's basically like a kid in a balaclava and a black suit. That's yeah. Sort of, like, painted drawn. it on. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it was just a sheet with eyes cut in it. And he's like, I'm a ghost. Boo. Give me candy. Um, to be honest with you, my mind immediately went to the like... I. I thought you were going to say it looks like a KKK uniform and I was like because the, the she- like the sheet and I was like oh no uh, but because also what's worse is that the not worse what's- spooky racist yeah. <laughs> it's pretty scary but yeah. the thing is that the kid on in the picture was a young African American kid so that would have been so much weirder oh my man. god <laughs> I was like wait what's he going with this uh, oh god it's happened already whew. yep god damn it look we had to do it. Uh, had to do it to him. We have a contractual agreement. We don't. It's, it's a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> <laughs> An unspoken gentleman's agreement. We got a handshake agreement on getting race into the podcast quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, um, traditional activities, obviously, uh, souling and guising. Um, and what we also now know as trick-or-treating basically came from that, as I mentioned. Right. So souling is... Um, so it's the same sort of thing okay. and it's called souling because they, they would often ask for something called a soul cake, 
which was like um are, are we like stepping into a fucking rpg video game right now it's like here have my soul cake but it's cursed and then you die well it was um symbolic soul cakes to i you know i forget exactly what it was but i think it was like they were ward off evil spirits um but they used to put a cross in the top of them oh. for long before christianity's crucifix yeah, yeah. sort of thing became a motif and it's kind of exactly the same as a hot cross bun right but opposite end of the year yeah yeah um uh, and then also quite common uh, were bonfires. Um, yep. Bonfire is actually a uh, bastardization of the word bone fire. Ooh, um, so that's yeah. way better. I'm, like, I'm going to call them bonfires now. Yeah. yeah. Trying to make some kind of sexual pun out of it, but no, nothing. If, you, if you've got a bonfire, go see a doctor. Yeah, that, that's how it's going There you for, go. Yeah. Um, someone sent me a thing the other day. Some, <laughs> my girlfriend started smoking. What should I do? And <laughs> Slow down and use lube. <laughs> And then someone else, someone else had replied, take the nipple clamps off the battery. <laughs> Fuck. So, <laughs> looked over at you and you're really struggling. It's great. Yeah. Those broke me. Oh. I was not ready. Ah, that's how I roll. A sneaky breakage. Mm. <laughs> I don't like that. No, me neither. That's <laughs> all. Um, so along with the bone fires, um, so the smoke and the fire and the lighting of was said to ward off evil spirits and provide cleansing and protective power. Um, so white girls sage smudging their houses and all this sort of shit goes back to medieval, not even medieval, pre-medieval Ireland and stuff like that. So, right. you know, um, the other thing they used to do quite a lot of was divination. Mm. Uh, it was a really big time for doing divination, especially through um, uh, food. Okay. Um, so I looked it up and it's like fructination, uh, fr- uh, fructomancy. So like fruit was used quite a bit. Yeah. And there was another one. With, fruit magic. Well, they used um, nuts and I forget what it was like, uh, iliomancy or something like yeah. that. And I was having a good, or itomancy, I think it might have been. Okay. Yeah. I was having a good look at the Wikipedia article this morning on the different kinds of scrying. Um, good. Speaking of which, uh, including more traditional methods like scrying, which is like using mirrors and mm. reflective surfaces. So I'm going to talk a little bit now about trick-or-treating and how that's what came about. Cool. All right, so it seems to have a few different origins. Mm-hmm. Now, it's theorized that it potentially inspired by but not linked to. Bizarre. It was, so there was, there was like an ancient Roman practice Okay. Um, that seems to be kind of the same but doesn't seem to have had a link to what we now consider trick-or-treating or even the things that inspired it, which is really weird, which was basically like uh, a lawgiver. I can't remember his name. It's not like Polybius, but not... Um, mm basically said oh uh, the people of this town should go out and um uh, uh no like do x y and z like and beg for you know uh treats on this day or something uh-huh. and anyone who doesn't give it to them they should cause mischief around them it's like uh-huh. kind of a weird thing for a for a politician to sort of yeah. decree but yeah it's their own um yep. very strange rome uh, yeah those oh. guys <laughs> um but in the european tradition uh, the two different sort of major strands would have been mumming. Um, so okay. mumming and um, so mummers are... Um, yeah, I've, I've heard that term before. Yeah, so they're folk plays. Yes. And a, a troupe or a mummery is like a troupe of people that go around and perform these plays like for uh, donations, basically. Mm. Um, so there's actually still quite a lot of mummery festivals in the UK and around Europe. Um, Cambridge has one, um, quite a big one every year. I never saw it when I was at uni there, but um, it's quite big apparently. Mm. Um, it's been around since the Middle Ages, that one has. Wow. Um, or at least evidentially. Um, we think it's probably been around for a car longer than that as well. Yeah. 
Uh, and when I say we, I don't mean you and I. We're not the foremost experts on this. I'm believe it or not. hearing about it for the first time. Yeah. Okay. So um, just the royal we. Yes. Yeah. Um, so people go door to door or thereabouts and um, perform these plays. Often part of the play is that one person gets killed and then a doctor character brings them back to life. It's kind of So weird. it's like goth Christmas carols. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. But that, I also just had the idea of loads of people turning up um, and just singing like Nine Inch Nails songs. Yeah, and then one of them is like play dying on on the front of your house. Yeah. Just a really drawn out death scene. No, do you know what? Goth Christmas carols now, I want people to turn up looking Sing like Cradle Bursum of yeah. and then like burn a church down. <laughs> yes. Um, do it. Yeah, just, fucking. just mantle the church. It's just like... Who could that be? Open the door. It's like, oh, darling, kiss her at the door. <laughs> Look out, it's Gua. <laughs> so, uh, excuse me, sir, we're Mortis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a metal joke. Like, Gua do all the dressing up stuff, don't they, as well? Yeah, but they also, like, lean into the personas that they've come up with, and they're yeah. really ridiculous. Okay, sweet. So my Gua Mortis joke stands. Yes. Great. Anyway. If anyone out there listens to <laughs> this and that, you're welcome. Yeah, welcome to the fucking smallest Venn diagram overlap. <laughs> it's just you on this podcast, basically. I've never listened to Gua. I just no, know who no they I. are. <laughs> I like Ghost. Cool. Yeah, that would have actually been a better pull because they're way, way more uh, Halloween adjacent in their get up. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're sick. Yeah. Um, did see a really good... Um, a really good meme online. I don't know if it's going to make the final cut, just FYI, but it was, um, um, it was like, uh, first picture was like, um, what ghost looked like. And then it was like, uh, like the monster's car, like a really, like really cool, like, uh, like hot Roddy hearse type thing mm. covered in spikes and skulls. And then it said, listening to ghost. And it was a kid's racing car bed. And I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, it's so accurate. Like, I really like ghost, but that's really what it's like. Yeah. Style over substance. When the substance is pretty good, but it doesn't match the style that mm. well. They are great though. All right. Back to the point. Mothers. Mothers. They go around doing these uh, plays. And um, so they go door to door. They perform the play. And in return, expect to receive some kind of small gift, like some food or some money. Yeah. As like a- this strikes me as the same energy as like street performers and buskers, where it's like, I'm just doing this shit in front of you. Yeah. And then I'm demanding that you pay me at the end. It's yeah. not a service we've contractually agreed on. I feel like you've got quite strong feelings about this, Mike. Uh, it's, it's- I'm surprised by your feelings on this, to be honest. No, I don't. I don't. I'm not saying that I mind buskers and and the like, but when they get super aggressive about the you need to pay me for this now, you've imposed that on me. That's what I don't like. Um, how familiar are you with the movie Hot Fuzz? A bit. Um, so right now, all I can hear is them going, crusty jugglers, and <laughs> you're wearing the robes like in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the greater good. For the greater good. Yeah. Ah, it's such a fucking great movie. Um, all right, so these um, these panhandlers with a with a play, as you mm. like to call them, you monster. Um, yeah, they um, in parts of Southern Ireland, the geysers and mum uh, and and like the sort of those inspired by the mummers would actually mm. often include a hobby horse, which is a, a man dressed as a unpronounceable Irish word, which translates to white mare. And um, they would lead youths house to house, 
reciting verses, some of which had really strong pagan overtones. Yeah, okay. Uh, in exchange for food. And if the household donated food, it could expect good fortune from the muck olla. And not donating... What is that? Yep. And not <laughs> donating would bring misfortune. So, like, we're seeing now, like, this kind of, like, give us shit or shit gonna go bad. Yeah. That's how you imagine how they... That's extortion. Yeah. That's what that is. But it's... it's uh. It's like supernatural extortion. Which I'm yes. way more into. Oh my god! I should just start cursing people and then tell them they have to pay me. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to a lot of religions. <laughs> <laughs> mm, very good. Very good. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> pay this tithe, or you're doomed forever. This is the moment. This is how it came out, didn't it? And they were like, "Wait a second. Wait, people are just willing to pay for this." And all we have to do is threaten them? Yeah. Oh, my God. God damn it. Now I feel dirty and also like I'm going to make money. Yep. The best way to feel is a combination. Mm. As a Venn diagram, it's just two concentric circles. <laughs> Venn diagrams come up twice today. I know. All right. So, and, and that collecting of food and drink offerings is basically how the other side of um, trick-or-treating came about. Mm-hmm. So people are already leaving out these food and the drinks for the departed spirits. Sometimes they'd leave them out on their porch, just like a welcome, come to, come home, departed member of the family. Okay. Um, and so people started dressing up as the dead and as spirits, and they'd go around, knock on the doors and be like, we are here to receive these gifts uh, on behalf of your departed family members. Um, so they're lying. I mean, yeah. And they're just saying, look, I dressed up like dead Uncle Frank. Can I have some cheese and crackers, please? Now, put that into perspective. That is almost exactly what trick-or-treating is. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Yeah. Also, now I want cheese and crackers. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we have jalapeno cheddar chips for, I guess, for, for our break. For our own intermission. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> here's where it does become quite bad is that often it got quite threatening. Um, oh. oh no. <laughs> who'd have thunk it? Um, and it was sort of like, give us the food and booze or else. Ah, yes. The classic trick or treat yeah. re- reprise. <laughs> <laughs> trick or treat, smell my feet, give us food and booze or I will fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. They had to can that in the draft stages. Trick or treat. I've got a knife. <laughs> Trick or treat, there's more of us than there are of you. Look out, he's got a shooter. <laughs> you could trick or treat him with Michael Caine. <laughs> yes. You're only supposed to knock the bloody door off. <laughs> there we go. That was a great para quote. Just like oh paraphrase. my God. <laughs> Please keep going. I'm dying over All here. Right. So in the 1700s in Scotland, Halloween, so much so, this, this is so bad. Halloween became... Commonly known as Mischief Night, yes, which I'm way into. Yeah. Like, uh, what are you doing, Mischief Night? Probably just some some hijinks, some general bedlam, horseplay, bedlam. Yeah. <laughs> um, Put a man's car in a tree. <laughs> in the 1700s. Yeah. What? Who was it? Was it a fucking DeLorean? <laughs> just a horse and cart up in a tree. You've been playing Red Dead again, haven't you? Yeah, there's some glitches. It's great. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Also, my friend called it recently Barbie Ho- Extreme Barbie Horse Adventures, <laughs> and that's all I now refer to it as. Um, well, you do play dress up. We had 1700. We had Mischief Night in Scotland, and in the 18th century in Ireland, which also is the 1700s, people would uh, imitate malignant spirits that were abroad on the evening, mm-hmm. and um, instead of just being like, "We're here to collect your food and booze." 
that's my Irish accent, you're welcome. They would pretend to be the malignant spirits and be like, and scare people instead. And it turned into like pranking them and scaring them and wearing costumes to freak them out in the dark, which I think is way funnier, which is like sweeping national stereotype. It's like one nation doing something and the Irish being like, we could do that much better and much funnier. Yeah. It's like, this will be some good crack. Um, And... Imagine wandering around in 1800s Ireland in the, at night and there's these malignant spirits about. Or if you're dressed as a malignant spirit, difficult to see. Mm. What would you do? And that's where jack-o'-lanterns came from. Really? Yes. So people were going wandering around in the dark of 1700s Scotland and Ireland and needed some way to see. Mm. And so what they did is they carved turnips or mangle wurzels, which is like a kind of beet. And then they put candles in them. And then the lanterns were said to represent spirits or used to ward off evil spirits. Now, yeah. you know, we all kind of know what a jack-o'-lantern looks yeah, like. Yeah, I, I had read something about them using turnips in the past as well. Yeah, and we're all kind of familiar with what that that looks like, the jack-o'-lantern, you know, the, the big toothy grin. Yeah. Um, would you like to see how fucking terrifying the carved turnips they used were? Yes, absolutely I would. Oh my god, that looks like a Slipknot mask. Yeah, it's just horrifying, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it looks like... Um, Doesn't matter, no one's going to know who he is. No, no, no I, was, I was just going to say, like, it looks like when you see you know, pictures of mummies in there, and the face yeah. on the mummy is kind of just like... Desiccated, shrunken it, heads. Well, it's just more like, yeah, a bit like that, but the features are kind of not pronounced in any way because of the mummification process. Mm. It looks like that. You've just got like a couple of holes for the eyes and one for the mouth, and that's it. Like, it just, it looks like a potato and they've cut some holes into it. Now imagine that wandering towards you with a baleful glow from inside. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan. Just like, I'm not a 17th but century the, Irish would, peasant. But I'd be would, fucking terrified. There would be a bunch of them too, not just Yeah, one. and someone trying to extort you for money. Yeah, like, I would pay them. Yeah, fuck yeah, you would. Yeah. Genuinely scary. I'm a, I'm a weak piece of shit, I would pay them. Yeah, <laughs> I got cash, I can make this go away. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm earning. <laughs> yeah. Um, hello. See my see my visible scary lamp. Give us cash. Yes. See Job my done. see my vest. I can afford it. So I've got a quote here around the jack lanterns because I think it's quite good. Mm. So, <clears throat> en route home after a night's drinking. Oh, this is how. Excuse me. This is how the name the jack lantern came about. Oh, cool. Yeah. So en route home after a night's drinking, Jack encountered the devil and tricks him into climbing a tree. A quick thinking Jack etches the sign of the cross into the bark, thus trapping the devil. Jack strikes a bargain that Satan can never claim his soul. After a life of sin, drink, and mendacity, which I didn't look up what that means. Uh, also, his life sounds sick. Jack is, this is not part of the quote, believe it or not. Jack is refused entry to heaven when he dies. Keeping his promise, the devil refuses to let Jack into hell and throws a live coal straight from the fires of hell at him. It was a cold night, so Jack places the coal in a hollowed out turnip to stop it from going out. Which, all right. Um... Yeah. Since which time, Jack... Like turnips are known for being warm places. Turnips are known for being able to keep coal burning. Yeah. Um, Jack places the coal in a hollowed out turnip to stop it from going out. Since which time, Jack and his lantern have been roaming looking for a place to rest. Hence the Jack-o'-lantern. I have two questions. One, who is Jack? And two, how did he trick the devil into climbing a tree? Hmm... Not having answers to either of these, I'm going to ad lib. I'm going to I'm going to improv it. So, um, Jack is the same Jack of Be Nimble, Be Quick. Yep. Um, 
the hill and Jill. Yep. And um, Spring here and he of Spring Hill fame. Okay. Um, how did he trick the devil into climbing a tree? Um, the devil is real. He's a really competitive bro. That's what a lot of people don't realize about the devil. Um, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was that sick fucking backflip during spring break. Um, and like he rocked up with so, his. So Jack just did a slightly better backflip. No, he he rocked up with his hat on backwards and he's like wrap around Sonny's on and no shirt. And and uh, Jack was like, "Hey, bro, bet you can't climb that tree." The devil's like. Fucking show you, you fucking dweeb. Watch this fucking tree climb. Up the tree he goes, and Jack's just like, Mah-ha. that's how Jack sounds, obviously, as we yes. all know from the folklore. Yes. Um, and then he was like, let me the fuck down, bro. I got fucking just uncarve that cross. <laughs> Put, make it into a asterisk. <laughs> I was trying to think what it could be. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it just becomes a footnote. Just turn your head 45 degrees, and then it's an X. <laughs> sorry audio wise i just turned my head four and a half degrees and then mind climbing down a tree yeah. um all right anyway what are we up to <laughs> so uh, in scotland youths were going house to house with masked or painted faces uh, often blackened from the ashes of these sacred bonfires they were making um and they were threatening that they would do mischief if they were not welcomed into the house, which I'm really into just being like knocking the door. And then it's just like five kids stood with ashen faces there. And you're like, can I help you lads? And it's like, oh, no, I can't do it in a Scottish child's voice or a Scottish person's voice. And it's just like, yes, we'll take some things now. <laughs> uh, what? We'll take some things now or else. It's like, or else mischief. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not going to argue with the four youths holding bats and blacked yeah. up because that's a fucking sight. Yeah. Uh, so I guess here's some soul cakes. Yes. I want pancakes now. Um, mm. Much more terrifying. In parts of Wales, men went about dressed as fearsome beings called... Uh, Welshmen. Sheep? Um, no. <laughs> uh <laughs> Am I pronouncing that right? Sheep. I was part of a conversation today where a Welshman in New Zealand who were both taking the piss out of like each other for being like rural, not a lot going on, rugby loving, sheep shagging nations, and I was yeah. just like, "This is this is what it's like when doves cry." Yeah. Like also, my usual response to that is, "Yeah, but we export all of our best lamb, and everybody else eats it." I mean, the Prince of Wales, the literal Prince of Wales, who is the Prince. Of Wales has a, a company which imports New Zealand lamb. It's there like Welsh lamb is notoriously good. Mm. Like you fucking cretin, you big eared <laughs> fuckface. <laughs> like I don't mind the royal family, but Charles needs a bit of a needs a bit of a fucking slap. Um, yeah, good. Uh, yeah, so that the the oh, okay. Give it a go. Spin the wheel. All right. Do you want to know the first two letters, just sure. to give you an idea? Yeah. G W. Gw. R. No, you lost me. <laughs> a C H O D. Is that a Gryffindor? <laughs> Men in Wales went about dressed as fearsome beings called Harry Potter. Um, called the. Um, okay, so genuinely, I think the pronunciation is. Um, the Grachod. Sure. It's probably like Grachod or something like that. Yeah, sure. Running with that. Um, and uh, which are like um, 
magical spirit. Uh, they're like they're like witches. They're like bog witches, I okay. believe. And then oh, the other thing is they used to go around just dressed up as dead people. And it's like yeah, fucking whales just <laughs> go hard in the paint. Yeah. Um, and then uh, as late as the 19th and 20th century, young people in Glamorgan and Orkney just cross dressed. Okay. And like. All right. So what, what time period was this again? 19th and 20th century. Yeah, people were probably pretty scared by that. Yeah. It's yeah. just really funny. It's like, it was like, what are you dressed as? Like, the dead? What are you dressed as? I was like, I've covered my face in ash and bonfire. What are you dressed as? Like, the an oppos- unpronounceable thing? The opposite gender. What are you dressed as? Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Margaret. <laughs> just imagine a really fat white woman just like... <laughs> So what are you dressed as? A spinster, obviously. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. What are you dressed as? Your future mother. That oh, doesn't work. No. So one of the other things that were traditionally associated with Halloween is games. Okay. All right. So there's several big sort of major games that people used to do. Um, some of these originated as um, divination rituals, a uh, way of telling the future, um, especially regarding death, marriage, and children. They were like the major topics around divination. And still kind of true. Yeah. Um, so during the Middle Ages, these rituals were done by, a, quote, a rare few in rural communities, but they were actually considered to be deadly serious. Mm. So like these rituals were legit. It wasn't just like a bit of fun. You did it on this day because the barrier between worlds was thin and you could divinate, divine the truth. Right. Um, so the often involve apples and hazelnuts and that's because in celtic mythology apples are strongly associated with the other world and um immortality and hazelnuts are associated with divine wisdom now apples are actually a divine fruit in roman pantheon mm-hmm. mythology as well so potentially that's a uh, crossover with that mm-hmm. but also christianity so apples are weird man yeah um and then Middle Eastern religions are like dude dates dates are great yeah and yeah pretty good yeah. um so, um, yeah, hazelnuts are associated with divine wisdom, which on my notes that I just read as, hazelnuts have divine wisdom. And I was like, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> hazelnuts sitting there with a big old beard on, just spouting truths. For some reason, I thought you were going to say with a big old bong, just like... <laughs> so the government uh, enabled Project Blue Book, and what it was, was the... There were, anyway, because um, that's divine wisdom, apparently, for people that smoke a lot. Conspiracy theories. Yeah. Project Blue Book is not a conspiracy theory, my friend. It is a real thing, and we will talk about it in another episode. Yes. Shut your yap. Okay. Sorry, this is a bit harsh. Um, so lots of the traditional like Halloween games are based on these divination rituals. One common game being apple bobbing. Yes. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, you put apples in water, so they're uh, floating and they because they're less dense. And then using only your teeth, you've got to try and remove an apple from the basin. It's hard as shit. Yeah, you think that's hard. One of the variants of dunking uh, or, or bobbing is you kneel on a chair... And then you put a fork between your teeth and you have to try and stab the apple with the fork. It's basically impossible. It's like drown while also choking on a fork. Yeah. And fucking your teeth up. Yeah. Yeah, wild. Um, Another common game involves hanging up treacle or syrup-coated scones. uh, Not scones, because that's fucking not a word. Scones uh, by strings. And then you've got to eat them without using your hands while they still remain attached to the string which is inevitably leads to a sticky face, which is quite funny. Yeah, and that's, um, that's just like a, a weird form of a piñata. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, and no one gets hit in the face. Well. Except for by this next game. Um, a once popular game involved hanging a small wooden rod from the ceiling at head height with an apple on one end hanging and a lit candle on the other. Oh. The rod is then spun around and everyone tries to take turns to catch the apple with their teeth. 
or I guess lose their eyebrows slash eyesight. Yeah. Wicked. Wouldn't you just blow the candle out? I mean, I presume it would kind of go out from the spinning, but I yeah. guess they probably had like quite a, like a... Like some kerosene on it or something. Yeah, it was quite a thick, heavy burning yeah. candle, not just like a tea light. But yeah, that one sounds mad. Yeah. Um, so that's the more dangerous pinata. Yeah. And catch you might an, get hit by the Catch rod. an apple in the face or flame jets. You catch these apple hands. <laughs> so the flame jets just, I, for some reason, they're just like, it's just spinning around. It's just like, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> also, everyone coated their faces in oil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, but much of the um, divination activities were around finding a partner. So often like the apples that you would uh, bob and stuff like that, what they do is they take a knife and they peel one long strip of the um, skin off. Mm. Um, they toss it over your shoulder and it's supposed to land in the shape of the first letter of your future spouse's name. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Um, another one, you would put two hazelnuts near a fire and roast them. Um, one would be named after the person roasting it and the other one would be named after the person they desire. Sorry, you're saying roasting it. I'm just picturing someone going, just yelling at the hazelnut, like, you stupid nut. That's a sick roast, by the way, there, yeah. Mike. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. No. You're nuts. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, cu- I couldn't think of anything that I wouldn't have to censor out. So yeah, the two hazelnuts would be roasted by fire, one with the person's name and the one with the object of their desire for the other nut. Um, if the nuts jumped away from the heat, uh, it was a bad sign. But if the nuts, and it was weird, they used the phrase roast quietly. Yeah, these nuts have a weird level of agency. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming there's like gas escapes from nuts sure. when you're cooking them and they pop. But it's weird that they said roast quietly as if it's just like, listen, you just sit there and roast quietly. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, that, I'm a bit warm now. That foretells a good match, apparently. Ah. Um, unmarried women were told that if they sat in a darkened room and gazed into a mirror on Halloween night, the face of their future husband would appear in the mirror. Um, or oh, that's just them going slowly mad, I'm, sh- I'm sure. Not slowly. They're only in a room for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Just quickly lose it. Because if they were destined to die before marriage, a skull would appear. Somehow worse. Yeah. Um, okay. And if you wanted to see who you were going to marry, there was a tradition of making up a very, very salty porridge or oat cake and you eat it and then um, you would immediately then go to sleep and then in your dreams your spouse would offer you a drink your future spouse would offer you a drink to quench your thirst right yeah that's I love this shit this shit is fun to me I I love finding stuff like this where it's like you're not really sure where it came from but everybody just seemed to go with it Mm. and it sounds fucking nuts by today's standards yes wicked speaking nuts by today's standards it gives us beer, eh? Yeah. Pretty nuts. I mean, I'm all the way through it, mainly because you've been talking this whole time. Uh, what, are your, what are your closing thoughts on the beer? Closing thoughts on the beer was real good. Probably yeah. not really tied in well with the topic. If I thought ahead, I would have gone to Bottle yeah. House. Shout out to Bottle House, the best brew house. Best beer shop in the southern part of Melbourne. Yarra. Yeah. Region. That you know of. Anyway. The best brew shop that's within walking distance from my house. There actually, you go. real good to yeah. have Um But no, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. But that, that, Mike, was just a little a little primer on Halloween, Sarwan, souling, guising, trick-or-treating, divination, mm. and apples. Um, yes. Oh, and terrifying turnips. Yes. Um, weird hazelnuts doing strange things in the fire. Yeah. Um, and then the Scottish. Um, yes. But no, so that was that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to take a little break. Yes. Get another beer on. Oh, yes. And hear about your side of things. Yes. It will be somewhat related. 
What do you say we have another beer? I've never said no to one before. I'm not about to start now. Well, good. I was wondering where you're going with that. So, next up on the list. <laughs> well, this is the first time, so yeah, pleasure. Bye. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> uh, so, before we get into my story for today, uh, we're going to we're going to pour out the Garage Project House of Horrors. This is what they're calling it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Garage Project noted brewery out of uh, Wellington in New Zealand. This is the this is the Barrel Jack. I'm just doing Halloween sound effects you in the are. background. It's not working. Um, so I'm not going to read the whole thing on the back, but it's basically, it sounds like it's a big old, big old bourbon barrel aged thing, pumpkin ale. Um, so very Halloween. What are you looking at me like that for? I don't know how many sound effects were great, you dick. I'm going to open this beer now. All right. It's a bottle, so it'll be a different sound to before. Oh, that was the worst possible <laughs> sound. I don't know why. I don't know what happened there. It felt wrong. You want to pour some out for yourself there? No, nah, pour some out for your homies. No. And by that, I mean me. I just cleared the floor. I've previously poured out beers for homies. Yeah. It was getting real wet. Oh, me all. Yes. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh. More Halloween sound effects for your paw. Oh. I don't know. Tis the season, as I've told you. And a little bit more. Tis the season to be spooky. <laughs> Thanks. I told you about um, that moment I'm prepared to try, haven't I? Where he's like, they're talking about um, the novel Dracula. Thank you. He's like, that's my favorite part of Dracula. Um, he says to Jonathan Harkness, you may go freely about the castle. All doors are open to you. Except for those which are locked. Those you do not wish to see behind. Mm. And the other guy goes, that is a pretty good line. I'm a big fan of, I want to suck your blood. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Where are we? Mm. Quite a bit of sediment going on there, pal. Is it? Yeah. Like that. Oh yeah, that is. Sedimentary. Littered with it. Sedentary. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Mm. Uh, yeah. So. Oh, I, right, before we actually crack into this yeah. thing, taste, mouth-wise. Uh, yes. Go on. I love Garage Project. Yes. I'm so excited Me for this. Too. I don't think... I've had one of their beers which I didn't like, and it was just kind of bad. Okay. Which was like a peach beer they didn't have to read. Is it, like the, is it White Rabbit or something like that? Mm. It's a white cam. I don't know, it was on tap, but yes, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. And it was just not good. Yeah, I think it was like a peach sour. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. I think I maybe have had it before. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but... But this one, great brewery. Yeah, to run through some of the some of the words on the back. Yeah, like I said, pumpkin ale, um, brewed with pumpkin, barley, rye malts, pumpkin spices, maple syrup, maple syrup, old, making it into another beer, and old bourbon barrels. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna now put this in my mouth and see how much of that I I can find. Cheers. My God, that smell is so strong. Yeah. What's the percentage on this again? Tw- uh, Twelve. <laughs> It smells way stronger. It smells like bourbon, that's why. Yeah. One whiskey, one bourbon, one beer. Well, I'm definitely getting the bourbon and the maple syrup. Mm. I can't say I'm getting a lot of the pumpkin. It's there. How much pumpkin have you had before? A bit. Yeah, I can taste it. But I think for me, those other flavors are a little bit stronger. Getting in front of it. Um 
definitely tastes delicious though. I will, I will say that. Real good. Although yeah. I will say, unlike the last one, doesn't hide that booziness. Oh no. That is. I front mean, and center. When it's twelve percent it's a little harder to hide. But uh mm. yeah, this is Yeah, so like the, the artwork on this one, which is why I thought it would fit very well, is basically just a tattered scarecrow with a really creepy looking jack o' lantern for a head and it's covered in what look like crows. Um so pretty fertile ground for doing any kind of Halloween story, but yeah, the whole pumpkin thing is is definitely getting me. It's got a nice sort of color to it as well. It's mm. sort of a an orange brown sort of yeah, we like sort that. of hue. It looks like it could be like a bitter or something. Mm. And I like the fact that it's quite still. Mm. Aside from the uh, the amount of sediment floating around in there. Yeah, that just doesn't bother me particularly, but no. I like me likey. Mm. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm le- I'm letting that sort of play on my taste buds for a minute there, and it's mm. um, there's a it lot is. there's a lot going on in there. Big beer. Yes. Like, can you imagine sitting and drinking that to yourself? No. That being said, it'd be like drinking a small bottle of wine. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, wine usually comes in around 13 or so percent. Yeah. So, 750 ml a bottle of wine? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Just a, it would be rather heavy for a wine, potentially, but... Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, man. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm big into the flavors. Yeah, really smells boozy. Um, yeah. Got that boozy after burn but like in a nice casual like casual casual burn you know it's got yes. a nice soft burn at the end of it yeah it's really really interesting on the palate. yeah it's not that not that kind of uh it's not fiery yeah it's not it's not that kind of alcohol taste where it just feels like they've dropped some ethanol in, in at the end no it, it actually feels like it's 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 built it's like layered into the beer well mm-hmm. um without it just kind of hitting you all at the end and making you feel like oh, i'm drunk now mm. <laughs> yeah it's really tasty uh, i definitely get the maple syrup and a bit of the cinnamon mm. as well yeah, a little bit. Mm. Yeah, real tasty. Mm. Cool. All right, shall we move on to the story? Yeah, let's get spooky with it. Okay. So, uh, my story is going to be a little bit more somber, I guess, than 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 yours. I look forward to being wildly inappropriate over it. Yeah, well, I would hope you do, because this, this story is going to need some levity. Oh, good. Yeah. No pressure. No. So, we, so I've got the story of uh, Ronald Clark O'Brien, uh, who... Uh, was was nicknamed both the Candyman. Now, if you've watched the latest season of Mindhunter, you'll know that there was a serial killer called Dean Coral who was referred to as the Candyman, and that was about a couple of years prior to when this all went down. So I don't mm. know why they why they went with that, but he was also nicknamed the Man Who Killed Halloween. Um, was so, it because his costume was just so damn good? It's like he absolutely slayed Halloween. Huh. I don't know where to make jokes yet. Um, so I guess, content warning, we're going to talk about a man who killed his own child. Hmm. Yeah, just just to, just to get that out of the way, that's the direction we're heading. <laughs> uh, so, Ronald O'Brien uh, lived with his wife, Danine, in Deer Park, Texas. They had two children. Hmm. There's a Deer Park in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so with their two children, Timothy and Elizabeth. Um, Ronald had worked as an optician and was the deacon at the Sept- Second Baptist Church, uh, where he also sang in the choir as, and was in charge of the local bus program. Presumably this is late 60s, early 70s? Uh, yeah, so he was born 1944. Um, so, yeah, it sort of leads up to events in the mid-70s. So, yeah, like 60s, 70s, that sort of time frame. I picked that from when Dean Coral was around. Yeah. I feel like fucking A, a badass, and B, a fucking weirdo. Yeah, a little bit. But I know your aesthetic, so it's not surprising. Shall we continue? Let's. Yeah. Uh, so, Halloween 1974. 
Ronald took his two children. Uh, at the time, Timothy would have been about eight and, and Elizabeth about five. Uh, they went with uh, their neighbor and their two children trick-or-treating in Pas- Pasadena, Texas, mm-hmm. around there somewhere. Um, so they knocked on one door and there was no answer. And the the children kind of grew impatient, obviously, because it's children. They're quite young. They want candy. They ran ahead to the next house and uh, O'Brien stayed behind. Uh, he then caught up with the group later and produced five 21-inch long pixie sticks. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Yeah, for some reason I thought you were going to say 21-inch plasmas. <laughs> In 1974. And five of them. <laughs> Guys, look what I got. Yeah. <laughs> A Black Friday sale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I didn't know where they were, so I, did, I had to look it up. It's basically just like... It's a 21-inch thing that looks like a straw, and it's full of powdered candy. Yeah, it's sherbet. Yeah, it's, it's like a straw full of... You're literally just pouring candy into your mouth. Um, so he turned up with five of those. So these are like 50, about 50 centimeters long, so yeah. half a meter. They're, they're not... Sh- like, they're five of them. They're, they're, you don't know what these are. They're, they're no. just coming these long yeah, things. Yeah. They're really cool. Yeah. I mean, they're not the shit, but yeah, like... It's just like... Because the worst thing is you put your mouth to it, and it gets even slight bit of moisture on the inside. Yeah. It gums up, and you can't yeah, get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he brought those back. Obviously, they had the, the four kids there with them, so he gave one to, to each of them. Um, and he he would later claim that he was given those by the people in that house that had been what looked like unattended, and that's why he hung back and then caught up with them after. Um, so yeah, at the end of the night, he gave one of those pixie sticks to all of the children that were out with them, so that's four. And then the last one he gave to another boy that he recognized from his church on the night. Hmm. What um, a nice gentleman this guy yeah. is. Um, so Timothy, uh, Ronald O'Brien's son, he ate the pixie sticks before going to bed for the night. You know, excited kid. He's got this bag full of candy. He just wants to eat something. Kid's never going to sleep with a mouthful of sugar. Well, no. Uh, so he ate that. Because uh, why not, right? It's, it's Halloween. You got yeah. this candy. You got to eat Get it. Get around it. Yeah. Um, he had trouble getting the candy out of the straw at first. So I told you. Pain in the ass. Yeah. So O'Brien helped him loosen the powder. Um, he, Timothy then complained that it tasted bitter. So Ronald O'Brien gave him Kool-Aid to wash it down with because of course, just wash it down with a, with a, with a tasty sugary beverage. Yeah. Hmm. You know how many other things go down well with Kool-Aid? Yeah. A lot. Yes. Fun fact, Jim Jones didn't want us to wash out in Kool-Aid and spent the money on name brand Flavor-Aid. Ooh. Okay. Anyway. Um... Yeah, so then Timothy immediately began complaining that his stomach hurt, uh, ran to the bathroom vomiting and convulsing while Ronald held him until he reportedly went limp in his arms. Uh, And then they obviously then rushed him to the hospital. Uh, But Timothy O'Brien died on the way to hospital. Um, So that was basically less than an hour after eating the Pixie Sticks candy. Um, So yeah, that kind of is that the scene setting the scene uh the murder scene as it were uh but i'm foreshadowing a bit um so yeah obviously this kind of prompted fear in the community around you know poison candy for trick-or-treaters which it turns out is like a pretty common urban legend yeah i was gonna say this is a thing in america but apparently it's like happened like once yeah yeah that like it's it's such a common fear despite the fact that there's nearly no cases recorded of it ever happening Mm. obviously we're going to get to it but this is one of them yeah and there might have been a couple of others but it's 
because of, you know, we've talked about trick or treating already, but it's basically you go to a stranger's house, you ask them for candy and they usually give it to you, especially in America. It's just like you have stuff ready to go. And, you know, depending on the packaging, yeah, you could absolutely do this. Mm. 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 It's, it's a weird level of trust. Isn't it though? Yeah. Um, so yeah, despite the fact that there's been very few cases, um, people sort of started freaking out. Um, police initially didn't suspect Ronald O'Brien uh, in this whole, uh, you know, this whole situation uh, until the autopsy revealed that the candy had been laced. And did, the, did the other kids die as well? I'm going to get to that. So the autopsy revealed that the candy had been laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Yeah, if you're going to kill a kid, that'll do it. Um, so four out of the five pixie sticks had been recovered and all of them had been poisoned. Um, and none of them other than Timothy had eaten it. Oh, so that's four out of five they recovered. And then the fifth, uh, the parents of the child of that child obviously panicked when the police showed up trying to find it. And so they raced upstairs to find the kid who had fallen asleep with it in his hands. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Because, uh, apparently he had been unable to open the staple that was holding it shut. So it's just like lying there with this thing. Thank God kids are dumb, eh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically all five of those pixie sticks that Ronald O'Brien had showed up with, they'd been opened. He'd been, he'd taken some of the candy out, swapped, basically poured like potassium cyanide in to fill it up and then stapled it shut again. So that's why I say like if, if the candy, the packaging looks yeah, tampered. Yeah. Like it might be, it might be hard to tell, especially if you're a kid who doesn't know what this stuff is supposed to look like. Mm. Um, but yeah, so the amount of cyanide that Timothy had consumed would have been enough to kill two adults. Jeez. And the other pixie sticks had enough to kill maybe three or four. So like not fucking about with the amounts either. And also like the fact that he complained that it was bitter, he basically just topped it up. So it was all right at the front of this thing. Yeah. So that would have been the first thing that went to his mouth. So it wasn't even like, you know, mixed throughout the whole thing. No. It was just right there at the front. So that's why it was probably like such an immediate sort of reaction to the whole thing. Um, so yeah, O'Brien initially told police that he couldn't remember which house had given him the candy. Um, they immediately started treating that as suspicious because they'd only gone to two streets that night because it had been raining. Yeah, right. Uh, and also suspicious, none of the homes in the area that they visited had been giving out pixie sticks. So obviously like, it's probably a pretty small area that they're canvassing when they're doing the investigation and they would have asked everyone, what did you give out? Mm. And no one said pixie sticks. So don't know where they came from or maybe, maybe he's involved. Um, also he led the police to the house where he said that they had given him the pixie sticks. Um, and yeah, he basically, he basically told police that the owner didn't have the light on to indicate that they were home. Yeah. Um, but that they had opened the door enough to like stick their arm out and hand them to him. And his only description that he gave them of the person was that they had a hairy arm because that's all he saw, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, And the man who lived there, it turns out, was an air traffic controller. And nearly 200 people confirmed that he was working at the time. Ooh. So that's... That'll fucking do it. Yeah, that'll that'll put the brakes on, on that whole situation. 
I get better at murder, people. Yeah. So far, we've covered two murderers in this podcast, and they've yeah. both been well, shit. Yeah, the, the other one was like a, a what was it, ex-murderer with maybe a 50% success rate. An axe owner, I think we've uh, described yeah, so, him as. <laughs> an axe haver. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't even an owner. He used to borrow them. An axe yeah. haver. No, he, he broke and stole them and then failed from there on. Yeah. So, so far, we've had the axe haver and the one in five child killer. Yeah. Um, so, as the investigation continued, uh, they found that Ronald O'Brien was over $100,000 in debt uh, with a history of not being able to keep a job. So, in like 10 years, he'd had 21 jobs. Good Lord. Which is... Not a not a good metric. Uh, it also they also found out that he had taken out multiple life insurance policies on both of his children in the months sort of leading up to Halloween. All right, so okay, I have a number of observations here. One, the man was a deacon at a uh, local church. Yeah. How do you not be able to hold down that job? First of all, all you got to do realistically is believe in Christ. Yeah, uh, I think like it's it's jobs outside of that so he had a, he had a job as an optician around the time of this Kept and poisoning people's eyeballs well what the, what they found is like they they went and obviously like checked his employment out and it fa- they, it turned out that he was pretty close to getting fired from that job oh my god yeah. what the fuck is he doing um, two anyone who takes out not one but two life insurance policies oh no no it was more than that he had two kids and he took out i think maybe three on each okay anyone who takes out more than one <laughs> life insurance policy on a child. Mm. Actually, if someone just randomly takes out life insurance policy, yeah, yeah. like those people should be watched for six months. Yeah. They should go on a watch list well, immediately. The, so the thing is, like, I don't have it's it like in my H. notes. H. Holmes. I don't have it in my notes, but I remember it from the researchers. You know, obviously, uh, Halloween, October 31st. He started, he took the first life insurance policies out in January of that year. And they just like stacked a couple more up by the time October came around. <coughs> so he had... Across, like between the two children, he had policies totaling about sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Um, Which back in the day, fucking heaps. Well, he had a hundred thousand dollars of debt, so it's not even. The fuck, enough. is he getting that much debt for? Uh, I can't remember what it was. Um, I think it was like credit card. It's like real mundane shit, like credit card debt and like defaulting on loans and all that sort of stuff. Okay, we live in a country which is, <clears throat> I would describe as quite high. Um, I don't know the best way to put this, but like. The, the the value of things here is high numbered. Like, I can't put mean? this across, but because like our dollar is worth like uh, 70 American cents or about yeah. 50, 50 pence in the UK. Mm. So like, the price of things here is not high because it's relative, but it's mm. like, it's a high number of dollars and stuff like that. Right, just like the, the face value, the number of it. Yes. Yeah. And on top of that, I have a credit card, have a car loan, have a student loan, um, am bad with money and almost certainly a problematically spending alcoholic. Mm. I don't have anywhere near $100,000 of debt. Yeah. How the hell do you do that it's in almost, the 70s? Yeah, it's almost like you need to try. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I read a thing the other day, if a billionaire, uh, what was it? It's like if Mark Zuckerberg spent a million dollars a day for the rest of his life, he wouldn't be able to clear the amount of money he no. has. No, because the interest is just so insane on the amount of money he has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his his wife maintained that she didn't know about the policies, um, which honestly, I don't see a reason to doubt that <laughs> from, from the stuff that I found out. Um, and yeah, so continuing sort of the whole insurance policy bit, uh, the morning after uh, Timothy's death, Ronald O'Brien had called the insurance company to ask about collecting on those policies. Whew. Yeah. Uh, and 
Oh no, my child is dead. Then again. Yeah. Um, yeah, they also found out that he had visited a chemical supply store sort of days before Halloween to try to buy cyanide, uh, but left without buying anything after finding out that the smallest amount you could buy from them was five pounds. Which is not a small amount of cyanide. It's a lot of cyanide. Yeah. But I also like the fact that he was like, oh, that's too much murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I, just, I just want the insurance money. I don't want to kill the town. <laughs> <laughs> Can I take out an insurance policy yeah. on my neighbor? Can I? Um, I guess I'll take the five. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do you know what? Let's make it 10. Yeah. You never know when just you're going to need. Yeah, nice yeah, round number. You might need spare. Yeah. Um, it's like you can't buy like nails and bolts and stuff in singles. You go through the buying pack and you're like, these will come in handy. Yeah. Um, so you, like, you're probably getting to this point by now, but police believe that he did it for the insurance money. Do you know, I honestly thought you meant like, you're probably getting to this point now where you want to poison someone. No, like, no. police believe that he did it for the insurance money. Shut um, the front door. And the reason that he gave it out to these other children was to cover up the fact that he was just targeting his own yeah, children, basically. Absolutely. Makes it look like it wasn't a targeted attack. It was a random thing. Yeah. Um, so I Ron- murder well. Ronald O'Brien like maintained his innocence through the whole thing. Um, I'm going to get to it in a bit, but around his trial and that, but he basically was leaning on the whole urban myth of poison candy as his defense. Yeah, right. Of saying like, it wasn't me. It was this person in this house, but we've, they had proof that he was not home at the time. So, yeah. He was he was trying to like use that as his cover. Can I say by the way, when you were saying like the guy had a hairy arm, yeah, I thought you were gonna say like, but two hundred witnesses said that he was Chinese or something like that. <laughs> what? Chinese noted for having hairless arms. Uh, n- Asian hair cuteness is not a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that was like a stereotype. Oh no, like of any kind. It's like. Uh, People from around the Caucasus and like the Mediterranean mm. tend to be hairier than say people from like the Far East or right. I don't think we call it the Far East anymore, yeah. but from Asia um, and also people from like Scandinavia. Mm. So yeah, no, it's a thing. Okay. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> you might as well just point at me while you say this isn't, this isn't some kind of, I was about to say racial stereotyping, but I guess it is. But it is in, in a sense. This happened again. I don't know. Shall, shall I keep going? Yeah. I'm, I'm not far I off. I dig myself. I'm not far off the end anyway. I'm pretty close to the end as well. Well. So, uh, they the the police never actually discovered where he got the poison. Um, but obviously Ronald O'Brien became the prime suspect and mm-hmm. was arrested on November fifth, nineteen seventy four. Then fuck about. No, it took them a few days. Fair play. Yeah. Uh, so he was charged with one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Yeah. So that's one for each of the pixie sticks, if you're playing along at home. Um, as, I, as I said, he maintained his innocence, so he pleaded not guilty to everything. Uh, a chemist who knew O'Brien testified that in 1973, uh, O'Brien had contacted him asking about cyanide and how much would be fatal, uh, as well as a chemical supply salesman saying that he had been asked how to buy it. So, not exactly covering his tracks. Who would have thought the man that could barely hold a job down wasn't great at doing stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, Friends and colleagues had said that in the months before uh, Timothy's death, Ronald had an unusual interest in cyanide. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is just a weird oh. way. Like, honestly, if somebody started talking to me a lot about cyanide, I'd be like, what are you up to? Yeah, as a why, man... Why, why, why just cyanide? As a man with both unusual interests and unusual interest in the things he has interests in, mm. like, you gotta, A, be careful about how you talk about those interests, but also, B, diffuse, yeah. diversify. Yeah. You can't just have, like... Start with cyanide. Talk about mercury, maybe. Talk about yeah. other forms of poison. Potassium, bro. It's all about it. Yeah. Like... I don't understand. It's like, oh, yeah, he's been talking a lot about cyanide recently, not about poison. No. Not about chemicals. Just only, just cyanide. only cyanide. I really do like that. That's really funny. Yeah. It's like those people that are like really into knives or guns. Like at least there are different well, types least, of yeah, knives and guns. Say, like, you can diversify within that. Like, you, you could go and do a knife making class and you could talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen that guy online, the Japanese dude who just makes knives out of all sorts of things? No. He makes knives out of things like potatoes. Oh. Dude, it's, it's kind of wild. Are they actually like sharp enough to cut things? Yes. It's oh, scary, man. I want to see it. Dude, it's a really bizarrely we'll, good YouTube channel. We'll come back to that later. Um, so. Thank you to Twee and Jan for putting me onto that one. Good. Uh, yeah. So his sister, sister-in-law and brother-in-law both said that on the day of the funeral for Timothy, uh, he talked about using the insurance money to take a long vacation and to buy some stuff. So, like, he's not even learned his lesson. Yeah, he's doing it. You no. fucking moron, he's Jeremy. It, he's doing it at the funeral. But also, like, it's like I'm in so much debt. I'm gonna have to kill my child to clear the debt. And then it's like, you can just see him at the funeral counting the money. And it's like, well, I could, I could, do I could rack up some serious debt with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could, yeah. Um, this is like gamblers when they get their debt cleared, and they're like, I've got this money to clear the debt, but oh, I can put it all on this one horse, double and clear or the debt, yeah, yeah, and make some money back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he continued to maintain his innocence throughout the trial. Jack obviously. the fucking bell end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maintained his innocence through the trial, uh, with the defense leaning heavily on the whole poison candy trick or treat urban legend, despite obviously the fact that there were barely any documented cases at that time. Um, which is like why the local press dubbed him the candy man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was around, yeah, around Texas, whereas Dean Coral was... Somewhere else in the country, I can't remember. Uh, let's go with Colorado. No, it's not no. too close to Coral. Yeah. Anyway. California. Um, California. So, yes. On June 3rd, 1975, the jury took 46 minutes to find him guilty on all charges. Yeah, family. And because it's Texas, 71 minutes to, to give him the death him penalty. To death. Yeah. Yes. Wait, the jury has the opportunity to sentence him to death? Apparently. Fucking hell, I thought I was for a judge. Yeah, or it might have been, maybe it was just like the phrasing on, on the uh, on the article that I read, but basically it took them about an hour to, oh, to I, come to that decision. I'm I'm not certain, but potentially it's that juries have the... Um, they could suggest it. Yeah, they can they can make a recommendation of what they think the punishment, yeah. whether or not they think it's that punishment. Yeah. And I think that might be like, a, they have like, um, like a consulting uh, legal expert and they're like, right. Well, these are the options. Like, do you reckon they, they deserve the penalty? Again, yeah. I'm kind of making that up, but that's kind of yeah. what I assume. Also, for the record, Texas still has the death penalty. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, I honestly, before I started reading into this, I thought it was done everywhere. Oh, no, dude. No. The death penalty in the US is still alive and strong. Oh, yeah. They actually got rid of it sometime in the 70s for a little while. Mm. And it was actually shown to be quite a positive thing. Yeah. And then they reinstated it. Yeah. Because guns right wing yeah 
Yeah, we've done Co- enough. Because <laughs> America. Let's keep going. Yeah, um, so, so obviously he he goes on to, to death row in Texas. Uh, he was hated by his fellow death row inmates. Oh yeah, apparently it's a really notoriously like um, the uh, from what I hear, people in prison. Some of it's really horrible, but like mm. apparently death row. A lot of people there have like accepted their fate, yeah. and a lot of them are on death row for having done things that maybe necessarily isn't like quite that evil. And those people that have done the really bad things yeah. are like ostracized and vilified. Yeah. yeah, like I, I when I was looking this up, like there's believe it or not, a Wikipedia page on, that just lists all of the like executions in Texas. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But a, Dude, Texas yeah. executes more people than the rest of the country combined. Yeah, but but there were people on there that were like assault and robbery. Yes. And then there's like, that's next to... Three mass, child murders. Like murderers, yeah. And it's just like, you, you just stole you stole some stuff. Like, what'd you do to get What's back? What's equally mad about it is that some people stay on death row for years and like, and yeah. I mean decades. Yeah, so um, yeah, like I said... Hated by death row, uh, his fellow death row inmates for killing a child. Uh, they apparently petitioned. Also, whole... not a fan of death row records. Sorry, go yeah. on. Uh, they like his fellow inmates apparently petitioned to hold a demonstration on his execution date to express that hatred. So they were so. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah, like if 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 you're getting protested at by people who are sentenced to death. Yeah, you probably deserve that. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm no, no way in favor of the death death penalty, but that is a pretty damning indictment of what you did. Yeah, this comes to one of those things where I'm like, I'm really not in favor of capital punishment. There's no evidence to say that it's a good deterrent, and also yeah. like, you know. But then sometimes you hear about people, and you're like, they probably do deserve that. Well, it's more, <laughs> it's, it's it's more the more the case that I can see how they got there. Yeah. Given the system that they're working within, I personally wish it didn't exist, mm. but. It, if it's it, going to be reserved for anybody, it's more that there's a certain logic to it, and yeah. I the the fact that they were going to organise a protest like it's just it's quite it's quite funny in a way. Uh, I, I got to like say, chef's kiss in the night um in the nicest way possible. Well, I'm going to say like in, in, the, in the frankest way possible. I'm not sure this um, <clears throat> light entertainment, alcohol based, <laughs> for one of a better word, comedy podcast is the right place to discuss capital punishment. No, in a critical sense no maybe afterwards once we've once the beer's really set in oh yeah um mic's off and we'll just fucking go so, out shirtless see <laughs> yeah okay um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I did the calculus and i went yeah i've done worse <laughs> sounds like an insult it's not um so you mentioned people like staying on death row for an extended period of time mm. um Ronald O'Brien actually had a few stays of execution. Um, yeah, because that's the kind of man that you should really probably postpone. Yeah, because eh? initially he would have been the first person to be executed by lethal injection in the state of Texas. Really? Yeah, but it was um, it was stayed off until 1984. So that's like nine years, basically, since his uh, sentencing for him to actually, mm. you know, get get the sentence he was given. It's insanely expensive to keep people on death row as well. Yeah. Apparently more than regular regular prisoners because they have a lot more high security and a lot more like yeah. segregation. Yeah, there's a lot more overhead to the whole thing. Yeah. Um, also electricity costs for a chair. But yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah but, well, no, because like... It's uh, a lot of AA batteries. The... Um, the um, <laughs> yes. 
Uh, so the lethal injection came in sort of in the mid seventies. That's why he would have been the first. Yeah, right. So there were like a few people that, you know, got that before he jumped did. the queue. Yes. <laughs> Good on him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have in front of me like the reasons that they, that they got the stays of execution. I think it was probably, you know, the fact that they never proved that where he got the poison or things like that. And maybe it was like, ah, we're not sure, but eventually, obviously in, uh, what I have here. Uh, March 31st, 1984 was when he was eventually executed. Oh, shit. Uh, and the last mm. note I have is during the execution, th- about 300 demonstrators gathered outside the prison. Uh, they were cheering. Some of them yelled trick or treat. Uh, and I think some of them as well, I read, uh, had like thrown candy at anti-execution protesters. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, like I say, neither of us are in favor of capital punishment, but sometimes it's like yeah, like if you, if you if you take the capital it's punishment, good. if you pull the capital punishment elements out of the story, the last sort of bits of that. Well, it's like when you hear a really dark joke and yeah. you're like, oh, I shouldn't laugh at that, but like, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's it's something, um, yeah. So so that's. Ronald O'Brien, aka the man who killed Halloween, which is just—it's just a bizarre moniker for one thing. Oh well, two things. I—I I, I see why it's the man who killed Halloween because now he's the reason that they do things like X-ray the candy and stuff like that. Wait, for do they? Yeah, apparently quite common to check for razor blades and shit in like chocolate yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Well, that's part of the urban legend—is razor blades on top of poison. Yeah, well, there we go. So like, he's probably part. That's why he killed Halloween. Mm. In the same way that um, I don't know about you, but I call Bin Laden the man who killed air travel. I have never heard that phrase before in my life. I've never used that phrase before. <laughs> for some reason, it came to my head halfway through the episode, and I was like, I wanted to use that somewhere. There you go. All right, follow-up. Yes. Mike, <clears throat> of all the traditional, international methods of execution, which one would you like? If which, you had to be executed, which one would you like? Well, I mean, what am I choosing from? Because I obviously know about electrocution, mm-hmm. lethal injection, mm-hmm. hanging, mm-hmm. firing squad. Mm-hmm. What am I missing? Beheading, Ooh. guillotine. Oh, gu- yeah, death gu- by a thousand cuts. Um, some of the witchcraft ones, like burn at the stake. Um, okay. uh, crucifixion. Yeah, um, crucifixion. Um, uh, actually, no, I'm going free. Oh, yeah. okay, very well, very good. Uh, off just down to the left. Nah, just kidding. It's crucifixion. Oh, you got me there. Yeah. You said burning a witch. I went. No, she's made of yeah. wood. <laughs> Double Monty Python reference. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Leave that in. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> I look. I'm gonna I'm gonna be real basic and say I'll probably just go with the injection. Not stoning. No. Like if it's gonna happen. Don't to, I pick that one? If it's gonna have to happen, I want it to just be over. Firing squad's pretty metal. I'm into that. It is. As is beheading. The guillotine's a bit weak. I'm yeah. into that. Fuck the yeah. French again. Yeah. Second episode in a row. Yeah. Um. I'm into firing squad. I'm into the. Axe, head, job. Mm-hmm. Yep. Better choice of words. Uh, but I'm also quite into being burnt at the stake because oh, it's yeah. like, like, I don't want to do it. But that's pretty cool. I don't want to be drowned. That'd suck. Yeah. Um, lethal injection's a bit dull. But I'm, it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm not American enough. For it. So I think the difference here is I'm thinking about it from my experience of the... Of the times you were killed. No, well, of, of it being done to me. You're thinking of what the audience has seen. Yeah, well, I'm not going to care within about four minutes. Yeah, but I don't want to go through that. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think electric chair is cool if you are an American outlaw. 
Like, I don't think it'd be good to hear, like, oh, bloody hell, uh, uh, like, as I slowly... <laughs> oh, gosh darn it. I'm being fried, not broiled, <laughs> but fried. Um, uh, broiled isn't fried, it's grilled, but whatever. Um, good Lord, I feel like, not a Whopper, but a, a, a hamburger. <laughs> What's that Metallica album? Ride the Lightning. <laughs> Is that your approximation of my accent? Was that my approximation of my accent? Yeah. Interesting, uh, but no, I feel like so. There was a there's a famous um, famous last words of a particular um, criminal who got um, electric chair, and his name was something French. I want to say Ray French because I'm pretty sure that's the name of um, the guy in The Departed, played by Mark Wahlberg. No, Matt Damon. No, he's Jack Nicholson's like second in command. He's like the big dude. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's Ray name. Winston, and he's Mr. French. Okay. It's Ray Winston. That's why I think Ray French. Anyway. That name again? Mr. Plow. Um, yeah, and this guy's name is something French, and he was like, just before they flicked the switch, they're like, any last words? He's like, yeah, here's a headline for you. French fries. He's like... <laughs> yeah. You know what, lads? Leave it off. He's like, no, no, it ruins the headline. Pull the goddamn switch, motherfucker! Uh, I didn't say that, but you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a really good um, last podcast on the left episode and uh, shout out to the last podcast on the left I mean they don't need the advertisement they earn a lot of money through Patreon like $64,000 it's ridiculous um, yeah. but uh, last podcast on the left did a really good one about electric chairs okay it was really cool yeah, um, yeah. so I think electric chairs are cool but it's very American and I just don't yeah. think that's me I will, I will tell you now without too, ma- too many spoilers you're playing Red Dead Redemption 2 at the moment yeah. there is an electric chair storyline in there somewhere sick so that was a story of Ronald O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a lot darker than, a, than yours. Yeah, I felt like um, we had two sides of the coin today. We, we tried to make it uh, a little lighter as we, we could. We bring the happy. We bring the sad. Whoa, we bring the spooky. Yeah, th- there was only so much we could pull that one back out of the depths, I think. It's pretty dark. Yeah, I but think... But we're, um, we're here at the end. But you know what? I'm really tempted to do more dark content. Mm. But again, that's just it's, because it's, of who I am as a person. It's, it's a razor's edge of doing that while not just making everybody sad. But also, we're not making another true crime podcast. Exactly. Or another paranormal podcast. Yes. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, Mike, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, so that's our uh, our first limited release. Yeah. It's Halloween 2019. I really enjoyed that, that, by the way. Yeah, the bar- fucking delicious. Barrel Jack. I've, I've kept going through it, and I wasn't sure how I liked it at first, but the more I've had of it, it's you, kind of grown on me. Are you tasting more pumpkin as you go a on? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I think I'm really doing it, it, it. Because it is a little bit subtler yeah. in there. We're going to get you a pumpkin spice latte at some point, mate. They're in I've season right now. One. They're really yeah. good, and it's yeah. seasoned right now. Yeah. Um, Although before we, the weather gets warm, go grab one. Yeah, we were at the bottle store earlier, and there were a ton of like pumpkin-ish beers yeah. that I had not seen before. So There used to be a really good pumpkin beer by um, uh, Anchor. No, Sail and Anchor. Over in WA. Okay. And I've not seen any of their stuff for ages, but they used to do a really good red ale called The Bloke. That's a good name. And the artwork on it, I loved. And Sail and Anchor just disappeared overnight. I don't know why. I'm going to have to find out what's going on. Because that, The Bloke, I drank loads of this when I first came to Australia because it was like, I used to buy a six pack of like cheapish pale ale and then a treat of like the 750 mil nice. The Bloke. And it was like, my, it was my weekend. But let me ask you this. Which one did you drink first? This, a few of the six pack and then The Bloke. And yeah. Then a couple more of the six pack. No. So, okay. So here's my one tip. You should have had the the fancy pricey beer first while your taste buds were not tainted. Ah. And then and then get messed up on the other stuff. Mike, in the spirit of flipping the script, 
if anybody is interested, and as I always say, hypothetically, in yeah. finding us online, I've got yeah. good news for them. Do you? I do. Do you want me to set you up for this? I mean, I've kind of set myself up because you didn't know I was going to do this. All right, I'm going to go hands off. and I'll You're going to have a hand check there. I'll correct you if you get it wrong. Folks, let's say you're online. Let's say you're on Instagram, Facebook, or the other thing, uh, Twitter. Thank you. He leaned towards the mic and he was like, oh, he's got this. Mm. Um, I could see the bird logo in my head. Anyway, I let's am, see. I am your training wheels. <laughs> in that you're off on either side of me? Keep going. There it is. Let's say you are interested in hearing more about Hey Brew, but we have run out of episodes for you to listen to because we put them out thin and slow. The opposite of thick and fast. Mm. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Hey Brew Podcast. All one word on Instagram and Twitter, because that's how that works. It's also the case on Facebook. Yep. But, yep. Um, but no, uh, please jump on. Have a look at our socials. We occasionally post things on there. We both drink quite a bit. So we'll just be like, this is the beer I'm on tonight. I'm at another brewery. Um, so, the, yeah, like the stuff that we've sometimes put up is us at a brewery drinking. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. A great old time. Yeah. You get to see the outfits that we're wearing right now and yeah. also other outfits that we wear in life if you feel that way inclined. Yeah. It's not a fashion blog, but I am on there. So, yeah. If you like people that wear a lot of black t-shirts, am I your man? I'm like the Ooh, Danny yeah. Zuko of this podcast. This is going off the rails. You better, yep. you better course correct. All right. Okay. So, Hey Brew Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. and... If you want to speak to us via electronic mail, Ooh. hello at heybrew.zone. Correct. Do you want to try it again? Hello at heybrew.zone. That's our email address. You can send us something. Whether you want to send us recommendations for beers to drink, whether you want to send us massive corrections on some of the nonsense that we spoke, whether <laughs> yeah. you want to just send us sort of light banterous abuse or heavy, actually socially inappropriate um, and soul-destroying abuse. Um, we already have a filter for that. Yeah. Uh, so knock yourself out. We'd love to hear from you, uh, even if it's just to say, hey, check out this beer. Here's a good story. Um, we've got a few people lined up now that have said to us, hey, I'd be really keen to maybe see this on the podcast or mm -hmm. this. So like, if you have ideas, send it to us. Uh, like, we, I love writing this show. Like, genuinely, I love sitting yeah. down and researching things. Like, the things I find out are kind of cool. I really enjoy getting into, like, research holes. Mm. But then also, occasionally, it's like, it's just really fun to just sit and learn new shit. So yeah. if you've got an idea of something that you think would be interesting, and you're like, and here's a beer that go with it, or vice versa, like, this is a really fun, cool beer, I bet you could find a topic for it. Yeah. Send it along. I'm really keen. Mm. Uh, we've got friends of the podcast that are maybe going to come on quite soon. Mm -hmm. We've got people that are really interested in, in submitting ideas to us. And... um yeah, we would, uh, we'd love to have more inspiration because we've got a list and it's running low. No, I'm fucking kidding. Wow. Low-ish. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, like you mentioned about like enjoying the research aspect, like the amount of times where I've spent a couple of hours researching something and then I'm talking to someone about what, I've, what I'm planning for the show and I have to hold back the excitement <laughs> of, I want to tell you this weird thing I found out and I have to just say, wait for the podcast to come out. I feel like an asshole. But that's marketing, baby. Yeah, yeah that's it. I, I can't believe I'm, I've done that as well. Yeah. Just like, no, no, no. But um, if, here it is. Yeah, like I was talking to someone today and I was like, if you wait four days, you'll hear what I've been researching. Mm. I used almost those exact words. I've done that one recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I also found out that um, my manager and my teammate Brian and Pat were listening to the podcast on the Sonos in the office in the yes. office the other day before I got in, and I That's was like, "Amazing, you sweethearts!" Now they need to do it while you're there. They just need to turn it on. I'd feel so insanely awkward to hear my stupid nasal voice. So, not long after we first started the show, uh, I was driving out to Bendigo uh, with my girlfriend and her sister to go to like a birthday party out there, and uh, my girlfriend's sister asked can we listen to your podcast? Cause she hadn't listened to it before. She's not really, I don't think she's big into podcasts, so it's not like totally accessible as a medium. Um, and I was like, yeah, I guess we can. That'll be weird for me, but yeah, think- I, I listened, I listened to it for quality control stuff, but yeah, in private. Yes. Yeah, but my girlfriend hadn't like listened to those episodes yet either. So I was like, yeah, I'll put a couple on and it, it went really well, but that, that it took me a good like 10, 15 minutes before I was like, Okay, now I not know. Not driving white knuckle. Yeah, just white knuckling like, oh, my voice, my voice, it sounds so weird. I'm anxious, but no, it was fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, one thing you forgot to mention, uh, iTunes God. reviews ah, are, of course. Done me. That's not normally what I mentioned. No, I know. It's your turn. Yeah. Um, Flipping it. iTunes reviews are, as ever, important to podcast success. Mm. Um, there are reviews growing on different podcast platforms, but iTunes does still matter. Unfor- yeah. Unfortunately, it's a pain in the ass to do, but we super appreciate anyone who puts the effort in. Yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't like begging for this, but like genuinely, there's six of you out there that have given us a five-star review. Mm. We love it. If any of you also feel like adding some words to it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, so it's, I think, like, correct me if I'm wrong, you have to do it through iTunes itself. I would correct you if you're wrong, but I have no fucking idea. Yeah. So I'm pretty... Because I, I think... There's, there's like this weird split where there's like Apple podcasts and then there's podcasts within the iTunes store. You have to do it. Oh, in that case, yes. You have to do it through iTunes rather yeah. than through Apple podcasts. So you have to go like through the through the store in the iTunes application, find the podcast and leave the review there. Obviously, that sounds like a lot of work, but... We really appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> uh, even if it's just a star review, words are obviously also very much appreciated and we will definitely give you a shout out if you go ahead and do that. Yeah. Um, Once again, thanks again to our only reviewee so far, Matty D. Yes. Um, Not Matty B. Hmm? Butler. He changed his name. Yeah, he married. Yeah, I thought it was just a Facebook thing. Don't know. wasn't sure if he actually did it. Oh, I think he did it. Okay. Forgot to ask him, I'm sorry. Well, power to him. Hmm. Um... So yeah, we're running long at this point. That's all the social stuff out of the way. It really now. is. All right. Uh, yeah. This has been the very first limited release mm. with an unlimited timeline, apparently. Well, yeah. Uh, I've been Elliot. <laughs> I've been Mike. And this has been Hey Brew. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So weird being on the on the giving end of that. Yeah. I've been needing to pee for about half an hour. Same. Hut, hut, hut. Oh my god! We've been recording for two and a quarter hours. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Don't even turn it off at all. No, it's right. There's probably a good forty minutes to chop out. At least. Fucking hope so.